This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, my flex learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Welcome to this uh, live special edition of the Cybertraps podcast. Uh, excited to have Nick Maritzi here. We are here live at the Inch 360 event at beautiful Gonzaga University. Nick, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Jethro. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to be back in Spokane. Nothing like uh, the the bulldog on the that's right the yard right outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wished I could have gone to the basketball game last. Oh, night, no but kidding! Couldn't make time for it. Great team, yeah. You have, and it's a lot of fun. And okay. everybody around here gets excited when they're when they're doing well. I bet. Yeah. I yeah. Bet. Yeah. Uh, a little background on myself: I'm about 30 years in high tech. Uh, building businesses, uh, many startups, some large companies, the last 10 years in cybersecurity, uh, cloud cybersecurity mm-hmm. specifically. So I actually didn't do much network security. Okay. Um, I went straight into the cloud world when cloud actually hit, like mm-hmm. right around 2012 when AWS started to become really popular and AWS and Azure and Google were launching. Mm-hmm. That's when I landed in the cloud security space. So been an interesting eight years that's for sure very bloody very bumpy very yeah. bruised not a lot of knowledge on how to secure the <laughs> the new world yeah you know we all we knew how to do network control yeah we knew how to do internet security bit but we didn't know how to really secure the cloud and definitely things have changed yeah and and would you say that the cloud is secure now i would say that the folks who do it well definitely secure it right mm-hmm. and you have to own that it's you know it's a shared responsibility right, right? the right. cloud is it's yeah. they own the infrastructure but we own the of the results and the outcomes yeah of that of that cloud and um so i would say for sure you know over the last call it five years i'd say the tools have become very purpose-built because mm-hmm. we know what the problems are mm-hmm. where 10 years ago we were guessing what the problems were. So we were building solutions that were more guesstimates than they were right on point. Yeah. 
And so over time you, you, you hit, you get, you guess some right. And other times you guess some things wrong. Mm -hmm. And so now I'd say that the perp, the pro, the solutions that you can deliver that, you know, after you've architected, after you've done the work to figure out what you want to do, that the tools that are there are very purpose built. So you can actually really succeed. Yeah. And it's easier to succeed. It's not a, a big lift and shift motion that we've gone through the last decade. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very purpose-built. Yeah. So there are normal everyday folks running businesses, leading organizations who rely on cloud services and don't understand how how they work, how they're secured, uh, any of those things. How, how do you help people like that stay aware enough that they that they do what they need to do but not go over their head or uh, above their level as you're trying to help them? Yeah, sure. Good, good question. Um, so I work for a company called HP Aruba. Um, we have a very solid cybersecurity enablement program. So we can, yep. we help companies do that. Mm -hmm. Now, really it boils down to what type of, if you're typically, if you're an SMB type of a client, you, you want to outsource that work. You don't, you want to focus on your forces mm -hmm. like you, Jethro, right? right. You, you're, you're, you run a podcast company, right? right? Yeah. You don't want to manage your own cybersecurity. No, you, you need that outsource. Yeah. You need to just be secure. Yeah. So you, I would advise you to go find a strong managed, managed service provider, managed security provider, managed IT provider, somebody that you trust. There's lots of them now. That's the difference. 10 years ago, there wasn't that many. Yeah. Now there's lots of them. So you can compare and contrast very easily. But obviously, as you move up that chain from SMB to more like mid-market, large enterprise, multinational corporations, where we're hiring large staff, we're managing lots of products, that in that situation, what I would do is, you know, I would want to engage them, go through some enablement, go through some architecture. Um, understand what they're trying to accomplish. What's the business value for doing doing? Because mm. at the end of the day, if we're just trying to secure stuff and we don't know why, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm always trying to understand the pain, mm -hmm. right? The metrics of the change. Why, if you're going to do that, what's the value to the business? Um, is are you going to save some money? Are you going to generate a bunch more revenue? Are you going to um, protect your IP better and you're going to mitigate risk. What, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the outcome? Mm -hmm. It was interesting because, uh, this one of the school districts that I was a principal for, uh, we outsourced all of that security to, uh, GCI up in Alaska. Sure. And they took care of all of that for us because we were on a small remote Island. It was really difficult to get IT professionals to come there because they would only be coming for the job. And, uh, and it was just, it was just tough to find qualified people to do that. And so rather than, you know, paying a six figure salary for someone to come and be that we were able to pay that or about less to, to have all of that managed. But then over time, uh, as expertise grew within the community, then it made more sense to move, uh, in-house in-house rather than have it be outsourced. And it's just, it, it's interesting how those growing pains, like the school district size didn't change, but the proficiency within the organization did change. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you're actually, you see that just in general, that mm -hmm. you, it's good. You have a very explicit, you know, school analogy, but reality is that biggest challenge is lack of talent. 
in, mm-hmm. in, in the world, right? right. There's cybersecurity talent. There's, um, I read just a month back, there's 700,000 unfilled cybersecurity positions in the U.S. alone. Really? That means globally, there's probably close to 2 million. Wow. So, you know, 700 here, 700 in Europe, Middle East and Africa, and probably another 600 in Asia Pacific and hmm. that are unfilled. Yeah. So we're talking about probably a $2 billion lack of talent problem mm-hmm. that's growing at close to 25%. Yeah. Wow. So there's no end in sight to solve that problem. So I would say most organizations, doesn't matter how big you are, you're trying to find ways to manage that problem, mm-hmm. either becoming more operationally efficient by managing less tools. Like I've got my staff, I've got 20 people I can't find anymore. Mm-hmm. I've got 10 unfilled jobs. I've still got a hundred cybersecurity tools I've got to manage to, you know, secure my, secure my company. How do I do that? And the only way you can do that is to become more operationally efficient. So right. reduce the amount of tools that they're buying, consolidate so that you could do more with less mm-hmm. essentially, or outsource. Yeah. And it's definitely a big problem and it's only getting worse. My son, my son uh, just finished his fifth year out of. Uh, college working. So he, right out of college, he went into cybersecurity. Um, I won't share his income figures, but his first job was a computer science and cybersecurity. And, uh-huh. and um, he made a good pay, pay. Yeah. Uh, but he was an entry level guy, right? So he made good pay. But then five years later, he 5X'd his compensation. Wow. In five years. So, wow. Like, whoever's listening to this, if you're a student, if you're a stay-at-home mom who wants to go back to work, um, you know, go start looking into cybersecurity types of roles because they're in high demand and they're paying a lot for these people. Mm. I don't know the right way to say this, but do you need to be a nerd to get I these actually, jobs? I literally, I had a coaching <laughs> call yesterday with a friend's friend. So mm-hmm. one of my lady friends has a friend who's been trying to get into cybersecurity. And so I did a little networking call with her and my answer to her was we really actually, the technology is, this is a really simple problem, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to stop the the hacker, the threat. And the threat comes in a couple different varieties, but, but the easiest one that we can think of is the threat, like I always use myself as an example. You know, my whole life for many, many years until I got in cloud security, I always stole data whenever I left the company. I would always, you know, hmm. And so I was the biggest DLP data loss problem. Yeah. Right? Interesting. It was just my nature. And and I was not alone. I think this was the way people did it back then. It wasn't because I wanted the data for myself. It was because I wanted to make sure I was prepared for my next thing. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't to try to hurt anybody. And and so what you'll find in that problem is that you have to stop Nick, mm-hmm. right? Because Nick still exists. Right. And so that's the that's the internal employee who's who's doing that, which is the hardest one to stop. Yeah. Interesting. And then you've got to solve for the external ones, which are easier to stop because they're easier to control access around. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got the social, which is an external hack attacking Nick internally, but he's unaware. So he plays along and he ends up getting hacked because he gets socially hacked, but I look like an internal threat at that point. Yeah. And, and so it's tricky for sure. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about you stealing data as you leave a company. 
because it doesn't sound like you were uh, maliciously no. doing that. It was just part of your workflow. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, like you think about the old days, right? You were, you're, you did some work and it was saved on your computer and you put, pop it on a USB port and, and you walk out, right? right. That's, that's the concept, yep. right? So that's the simple concept. Now today, that person is not putting it on a USB port. They're putting it in their personal Dropbox account, right? right? So that's a CASB use case technically, right? So that's why we invented CASB. CASB, what is that? Cloud Access Security Brokers. That's okay. the, the, the acronym. Mm -hmm. But the real purpose of that is to crop to stop data loss to the personal Dropbox or the personal right. box account or my personal Google Drive, right? So I'm on a managed device, I'm on my work device, I'm getting ready to steal that data. In the old days, I'd pop a USB port in. In the new days, I upload that stuff to my personal Google mm -hmm. Drive. Same, yeah. it's the same work. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So that's CASB use case. These are two, these are technologies that we built over the last decade to solve for that data loss issue. Yeah. And so now like you can't do that. Right. Like if, and if I want to, I can, Yeah. I get stopped. Yeah. I think Brant said it in there. We have to stop people from doing mm -hmm. right. Because there was no maliciousness in me. It just was part of my workflow. That opens up a whole line of questions. We're going to have you back on the, on the show again in the future. So, okay. Uh, so we'll get into that more later because I think that's a really interesting use case, especially for schools specifically, where there's there's so much there that can be done uh, with that. And teachers are notorious for for that kind of thing. And some districts have policies specifically to prevent teachers from doing that, and others don't care at all. And some things that you create while in the employ of the district are the district property and other districts are like, you create it, it's yours. We have no claim to it. And there's some blurry lines there. That would be a great uh, philosophical talk. The policy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So what's your big takeaway from Inch360 so far, Nick? What I would say is it's great to see the local cybersecurity people come out in groves, right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty darn full room of cyber yeah, it's pretty awesome. people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then also it was wonderful to see students. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's definitely just a problem of the people today in the workforce, but it's a problem that the students are recognizing and they're looking to, you know, they want to help, right? Yeah. You see that the, the youth is so much more interested in you know, solving the climate problems, yeah. solving the security problems. They really want to do this, you know, they really want to. And so they're here and I like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, Nick, any uh, parting words and you want people to reach out to you? Yeah, or thanks. Thanks for having me on and uh, definitely appreciate the Inch360 for the, for the time and for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things. You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. 
That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E.